1: Hour number two for Julie show. I'm laughing because uh, during the uh, break I was uh, perusing the Babylon Bee Twitter site. And uh, we had a pretty uh, serious first hour. We found out how much money Franklin County is expending to prosecute Jason Meade. Uh, we found out that uh, we have Haitian asylum seekers, wink, wink, illegal immigrants, who've been put out of their apartments and uh, we're going to run out of money to house them in the nine Columbus hotels where they're staying. But the super-duper fund of the state of Ohio, which I told you about yesterday, is still going to expend a couple million dollars to build a really fancy bike path downtown. <laughs> so I needed to laugh. So I went to the Babylon B site looking to laugh. And uh, three headlines stuck out to me. Uh, number one, New York City teachers worry trucker boycott. Could delay shipment of gay porn to schools. Yes, New York City teachers would be extremely worried about a shortage of gay porn in their schools. Uh, Another Babylon Bee headline. New York Mayor Eric Adams warns migrants that if they keep attacking NYPD officers, they'll be downgraded to four-star hotels. That'll get them. No, maybe knock them down to two free meals a day instead of three squares. And the third headline, trans basketball player achieves rare triple-double. 36 points, 14 rebounds, 11 concussions. Yes, there is an element of truth in every uh, great bit of humor. That last headline concerns a game, purportedly a girls basketball game, In uh, Lowell, Massachusetts, where the coach of the Collegiate Charter School of Lowell ended the game early against KIPP Academy after a transgender girl, that's a fake girl, that's a biological boy, playing for KIPP Academy. And that's not KIPP Academy here in Columbus. I want to make that clear. It's KIPP Academy in Lowell, Massachusetts. After the fake boy inflicted not one, not two, but three concussions against girls on the other team in the first half of the game. Three concussions in the first half of the game. So the coach of the authentic girls team said, we only got five players left. We got the state playoffs coming up. We'd like to field a team in the state playoffs. So we're going to forfeit the game at halftime. But listen to how they had to back the truck over themselves, apologizing for trying to get out of that building with some of their team intact, enough of their team intact, to continue playing in the state playoffs. The charter school supports this decision, but we want to reiterate our values of both inclusivity and safety for all students. Those are, in this case, incompatible. We take the standards set by the Massachusetts uh, Interscholastic Athletic Association and our Board of Trustees seriously and strive to uphold them on and off the court. We also follow the guidance from the MIAA and the state laws regarding equality and access for all student-athletes. This would be a really good time to thank my friend Gary Click, Jenna Powell, and other Republican legislators in the state of Ohio who came to the rescue of our girls. I would say biological girls, but there are no other kind of our girls to protect them from predators, mentally ill predators, or just sick individuals who get off on lording it over girls by playing a girl sport when they're not a girl or by injuring them under the guise of competition. But the trans agenda will not back down unless forced to. Here's a headline out of California. A state parental rights group has placed on the ballot an initiative that would require schools. See if you think this is crazy. These are California parents. A ballot initiative that would require schools to notify parents if their child requests to be treated as a different gender and they also want to block transgender females, fake females, boys, from participating in female sports. They want to make students participate in activities and use school facilities, bathrooms, locker room, consistent with their birth gender. So in other words, a... Position that could fall under the umbrella of a little thing we call sanity. Now, is this against the will of California voters? Well, let's check the polls. 68% of California voters, including 65% of Democrats, support schools notifying parents if their child identifies or, risks or requests to be identified or treat it as a gender different from their biological sex. A Gallup poll nationally finds 93% of Republicans, 67% of independents, and here's the regrettable number, only 48% of Democrats believe transgender athletes should be able to only play on teams that match their birth gender. The group also noted a Harvard-Harris poll found the same percentage of voters believe puberty blockers should not be allowed for minors. So they're trying to get this ballot initiative on the ballot in California because they think it's going to pass. But in order to get a ballot initiative on the ballot in California, you have to go through who? The California Attorney General. And the parents group that wants this initiative on the ballot would like it under the name Protect Kids California. What has California Attorney General Rob Bonta instead labeled this ballot initiative? Restrict rights of transgender youth. That's what he's labeling it as on the State ballot. This is always the way. It's not protecting the overwhelming majority of girls, of women, the party that declared the Republicans engaging in a war on women. No, no. It's always aimed at the anti-trans, which is like what? A third of a percent. Of the population out there. Now, you're going to be called out for this. J.K. Rowling on Twitter over the weekend was uh, ripping on transgender activists. Taking aim at those who she says use biological women, and there are no other kind, as props to make excuses for trans-identifying sex offenders. Sex offenders. They're defending sex offenders. She wrote, the trans activist outrage that ensues on Twitter whenever I share my belief that women should not be used as validation tools or emotional support props for trans-identified male sex offenders is as revealing as it is predictable. Their problem is if they admit that even a single man isn't a woman solely because he says he is, The entire edifice of gender identity ideology crumbles. She's right. If you have a sex offender who's a man, but he identifies as a woman, they, on the transgender side, Equality Ohio, Planned Parenthood, Ohio Education Association, National Federation of Teachers, they can't admit that even in that one case, The male sex offender masquerading as a woman is not a woman, is not a real woman, because then the whole house of cards comes tumbling down. And then they lose what they say is their moral high ground. Uh, Here's Riley Gaines pointing out what should be glaringly obvious to all.
2: In April of 2023, the Department of Education proposed a rule. Under the proposed rule, women's sports aren't just for women. Therefore, anyone who simply says they are a woman, unless a particular school can demonstrate to the satisfaction of the Department of Education that, can, that keeping a particular team female meets important educational objectives. The new rule mandates that every school in the country must demonstrate the unfairness of male participation on each specific women's team that they offer and develop rules that minimize harm to trans identified athletes. But what about the harm to us? There you go. Who is working to minimize the harm done to female athletes? Let me be perfectly clear. A school that knowingly allows a male athlete to take a spot on a women's team or allows a male athlete to take the field in a women's game is denying a female student athletic opportunity. And that is sex-based discrimination, and it violates Title IX, regardless of what the new regulations might say.
1: Again, thankfully, we have legislators in the state of Ohio like Gary Click and like Jenna Powell and like Matt Huffman in the Senate who fought Hard and who were not cowed by the crazed zealots who show up and try to blackmail you emotionally by saying, Oh, we're gonna have all kinds of trans kids committing suicide. Yeah, you are because of you pushing your demented agenda on them through whatever motivations you have. I don't know, I can't identify them, but I know that that is not good for kids to lie to them about who they were authentically born to be. 1220 means it's time for our daily segment today in crazy. I could, of course, do topics every day in this segment uh, emanating from the state of California. And you might say, well, that's just out there. It's just on the coast. Uh, Even the uh, story of the transgender basketball player, the guy playing basketball in Massachusetts, that's on the coast. It's not here in Middle America. That's not happening here in Middle America. Uh, No, it is happening here in Middle America. And the reason I talk about it is because if I don't talk about it, it'll have a chance of overtaking you in your local community. I was stunned when I watched this video today on Twitter from this By all accounts, ordinary-looking Indiana couple. They look like somebody who could live next to me. They look like somebody who might go to church with me or might go to church with you. Uh, Their names are Mary and Jeremy Cox. They live in the state of Indiana. They're a Catholic couple asking the Supreme Court to hold the state of Indiana accountable for keeping their child out of their home. Why were they... Were they beating him up? Were they starving him? Uh, No. They declined to use his preferred name and pronoun. State of Indiana. Now, what's really odd about this is that the state investigated this and determined that the allegations of abuse, which the child levied against the parents because they wouldn't call him her, the state investigated the allegations of abuse and found they were unsubstantiated. Okay, problem solved, matter over, get the kids some mental health counseling, and we move on with our lives, right? Nope, 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 nope. The state still argued that the disagreement over gender identity was distressing to the child. And they took the child out of the home. They have not seen the child for over a year. So in the filing, the attorneys for this Indiana couple say, keeping a child away from loving parents because of their religious beliefs, even when the state admits there was no abuse or neglect, is wrong and it's against the law. Yeah, it should be. I mean, back when we were a nation of laws... In 2019, the Cox's son told them that he identified as a girl, but in line with their Catholic religious beliefs that God created human beings with an immutable sex, unchangeable, male and female, they did not believe in referring to him using pronouns and a name consistent, inconsistent with his biology. They thought he was suffering from an eating disorder, and so they got him help for that and what they thought was an underlying mental health condition. Indiana began investigating in 2021 and then found out that, oh, they weren't referring to their son by his preferred pronouns. And they took the teen from their custody and placed him in a gender-affirming home. I can try to tell you their story. You can be outraged by hearing their story. It's a much different emotion to actually hear them tell their story. Here is Jeremy and Mary Cox.
3: 2021, we unfortunately had to become reluctant warriors when our child was removed from our home after DCS became involved in our family life. When our son was removed, it was like someone pulled the rug out from underneath us. Um, As a father, I believe one of my main goals is to keep my children safe, and I can't do that when the state comes into our house and takes our kid because we can't in good conscience affirm his transgender ideology. We didn't pursue an affirmational approach with our child because first as Christians we believe God created us as male and female. And as parents it's our job to help our children to reach their full potential and the only way we feel to do that is to raise our children through our Christian beliefs. Secondly, we didn't go with the affirmation approaches because we did a lot of research on this subject. There are many different approaches. We spoke to multiple mental health care providers and ultimately decided that affirmation was not going to help our child. In our experience, this is not an isolated incident. There are a number of families here in Indiana experiencing the same issues that we've gone through. The mental health support services that we experienced were very much following an agenda towards affirmation only, which for our family was not going to resolve our child's issues. We are speaking out about this case now because parental rights need to be protected in Indiana. Our family should have never had to go through this. We don't want any other family in Indiana to go through it either.
1: Thankfully, we have legislators in the state of Ohio who don't want you as a parent to have to go through this either. Um, I was sent a copy of the uh, Tiffin Advertiser Tribune. (laughs) Story ripping on uh, Gary Click for advocating for parents' rights. And let me just say it's a heck of a business model in a super red county. Uh, Like, I believe that's Seneca County. Yeah, Seneca County. It's a heck of a business model to persist in ripping on a legislator for doing everything that the people who elected him want him to do. And just to show you how unhinged and uh, detached from reality these people are, uh, the Tiffin Advertiser Tribune cited Gary Click using as an authority for his objection to the transing of kids as something from the Daily Wire blogger Matt Walsh. Now, Matt Walsh has gotten laws changed in Tennessee. He's one of the first people to advocate for keeping girls in girls' sports and keeping girls' spaces private. Matt Walsh is a satirist, okay? Which means he uses satire a lot of times to make his points. And one of the things that Matt Walsh calls himself, because he knows it infuriates the left, is a theocratic fascist. But he's not serious about that, but this stupid tiffin advertiser tribune said oh look at gary click he's taking advice from a theocratic fascist it's humor knucklehead
0: three-star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells